You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Of course, the top story of the day, though, the deadline has come and it has gone for Saquon Barkley and the Giants to agree on a long-term contract extension. And they did not. So now the ball is entirely in Saquon's court. There is nothing the Giants can do. Uh, The Giants made their last and best offer that they felt comfortable with. And Saquon Barkley did not feel comfortable with it. So now his options are simple. He can play on the $10.1 million franchise tag for one season and then become a free agent again after this season, once again eligible to be slapped with the franchise tag by the Giants. Or the other option, and that appears to be the one that he's going to take initially, is to not show up. Now, because Saquon Barkley has not signed the franchise tag, he's under no obligation right now to go through training camp, to go through preseason practice, to go through anything. He doesn't lose any money until he misses game one against the Dallas Cowboys at MetLife Stadium on Sunday night, September 10th. That's the first time that he would lose any money out of his pocket. So he has a little bit of extra time. And uh, if you follow Saquon on Instagram, if you follow him on Twitter, or if you've followed his career at all, you can kind of surmise that he's keeping himself in incredible shape as he continues to post these workout videos. But it's not about what kind of shape Saquon Barkley is going to be in week one. It's it's going to be about will Saquon Barkley be on the field in a Giants uniform under a Giants helmet in week one of the NFL season. And it's a very, you know, it's a very tough pill to swallow, I think, for both teams. Um, in March, when the Giants signed Daniel Jones to the four-year contract extension, the $82 million guaranteed you figured, and rightfully so, that the next move the Giants would make was to slap the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. They they would have placed it on Daniel Jones had they not been able to come to an agreement with Jones just before the deadline, but they did. So they still had the franchise tag available, and they used it on Saquon Barkley. And that in itself shows you, if you didn't already know, how the league and this isn't a Giants thing. This is an NFL thing. And that shows you how the league views quarterbacks and how the league views running backs. Because under no circumstances and in no scenario is Daniel Jones a better or more valuable quarterback compared to his quarterback colleagues than Saquon Barkley is on the pecking order of running backs. Under no circumstances is that the case. Yet because of the position that Daniel Jones plays and the competency, and better than that, that he showed playing that position last season, the Giants absolutely had to move forward and do whatever it took to move forward with Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback next year. And as far as the running back position goes, the thought for the Giants and the same thought today for the Las Vegas Raiders Uh, To a lesser extent, the thought for the Dallas Cowboys, because Tony Pollard earlier in the offseason did sign his franchise tag, even though they didn't come to an agreement on a long-term contract today. But the thought for those franchises when it comes to the running back position is simply this. We'll figure it out. And the Giants are, and really this whole time, have been in position or preparing themselves to be in position to figure it out if need be. Now, they don't want to 
figure it out. They want Saquon Barkley to be their starting running back next year, but it has to be from the Giants' perspective at their price. And that was a very tough pill to swallow for Saquon Barkley. Now, what was his thinking in the hours and days and weeks leading up to this deadline? You know, the negotiations seemed to pick up over the weekend. They seemed to be negotiating and going back and forth a little bit today. And then Saquon Barkley tweeted out about 10 minutes before the 4 p.m. deadline. It is what it is. And that's when you knew that they weren't going to come to an agreement. And, you know, when I thought of this in March and, and the Giants made him their franchise player uh, with the franchise tag, I, I honestly at the time and in April and, and May when he wasn't there, he wasn't going to voluntary offseason workouts. He wasn't going to OTAs. He wasn't part of the off-season workout plan. Not a big deal. He's a veteran player. He knows the offense. He knows how to keep himself in shape. He's a professional. He's a leader on that team. The fact that he wasn't a part of the off-season program or in the building from the Giants' perspective didn't concern me at all. And I honestly, and maybe I'm being naive here, but I honestly thought, and this is the case when deadlines are two, three months down the road. You don't really think that it's a hard, hard deadline until it's staring you in the face. And in March and in April and in May, it wasn't staring anybody in the face. But as the calendar turned to early July, and now all of a sudden you realize that you were two, two and a half weeks away from this actually becoming a reality, and then you start to really kind of dive into the stories and you read the reporting by Jordan Renan of ESPN and others who are uh, covering this story, you do realize that there is the potential that they actually might not come to an agreement here. But I just, the one thing that I kept coming back to during all of this was that I just don't see an upside. I didn't see an upside. And I hate to say this and say that the player, especially a player of this magnitude, you know, on and off the field, the face of the franchise since he was drafted second overall in 2018, I hate to say this, but because he had such little leverage in this situation and because, at least to me, it's obvious that he's not going to be better off playing under the franchise tag this season that I really thought that he would come to whatever the best possible offer was shortly before the deadline. And again, his tweet, six words, it is what it is. Five words, excuse me. Tried to do some quick math there. That tweet at about 3.52 officially signaled that he wasn't going to take what they were offering. Now, is it pride? Is it hubris? Is it stubbornness? I don't know. It's got to be a very, very tough pill to swallow, though, for Saquon Barkley. The The reason why I just... Still think that him agreeing... I don't, I don't know what the final offer was for the Giants. I don't know what the last offer on the table was for the Giants. You know, reportedly, Barkley wanted guaranteed money in the neighborhood of $22.2 million, which essentially is the amounts that, if he was the played on the franchise tag this year, 10.1, franchise tag next year, 12.1. Add those two together... That's $22.2 million guaranteed. And then you figure it out from there. And apparently the Giants weren't all that close to that. You know, the, the highest report I think I saw was they were in the $19.5 million range of guaranteed money. 
And then another report that over the weekend they upped their offer from 19.5, but at the same time they raised the amount of guaranteed money in the offer. They lowered the amount of annual salary in their offer. So it's kind of a, a Rob Peter to pay Paul scenario. Either way, they didn't get close to what he reportedly wanted. But I still think if they were in the 19 and a half, $20 million range, compared to where he is right now. Now, let's just say, as far as Barkley goes, and he wants to make as much money as possible, and he should want to make as much money as possible. First of all, it is important to remember that, yes, this is his last good chance to sign a long-term contract, and unfortunately for him, it has now come and gone. Um, a running back has not signed a long-term contract um, in more than two years. It was Nick Chubb in 2021, the offseason before 2022. It's been more than two years that a running back signed a long-term contract that was worth as much as $10 million a year. The league just is not going that high anymore for this position. And it's surprising to me that Barkley just from a financial standpoint, to make sure he was set up financially as best he could in this situation, it was surprising to me that he didn't seem to come to that realization. And I mentioned this on Saturday morning. I mentioned this uh, on Thursday night before that. I, I really thought that part of the equation, and again, this could be just me being naive. You know, it's very difficult for me to put myself in Saquon Barkley's shoes or in anybody's shoes in this situation. Barkley, Joe Shane, ownership, John Mara, and Steve Tisch. But I really did feel that because it's Barkley and for what he's done for the organization, again, on and off the field. And off the field, it's important to every franchise, but it's always been held in very high regard by the New York Giants franchise. And Barkley is the model citizen off the field, and he's the model player on the field. He's the best player. He's the best player. You ask anybody in that locker room, offense, defense, who's the most important player on offense? It's Saquon Barkley. Who's the best player on the team? It's Saquon Barkley. And I, I thought that, you know, at the 11th hour, um, the sentiment of Barkley's status in the organization and on the team would help them get to the finish line with some sort of a compromise but I was wrong and, and did Barkley think the same way perhaps he obviously thought that there was going to be a better offer at the or that the Giants could go higher and ultimately the Giants just kind of turned off the faucet and said this is it this is our last and best offer it was not good enough for Saquon Barkley and that's where we are right now I mean, as I've said now for, for weeks, the timing is extremely unfortunate for Saquon Barkley that this is now the valuation of the running back position league-wide. And once again, this is an NFL issue. This is not a Giants thing. This is not unique to the New York Giants. You know, perfect example, Josh Jacobs. I mean, we're talking about Saquon Barkley here in New York because this is ESPN New York. But on ESPN Las Vegas today, they're talking about Josh Jacobs, who actually did lead the NFL in rushing last season and found himself in the exact same situation as Saquon Barkley did today. He was hit with the franchise tag. He didn't want to sign it. He didn't sign it. They negotiated up until the 4 p.m. Eastern time deadline today. 
Jacobs and the Raiders could not come to an agreement. So he right now is in the exact same position as Saquon Barkley. And for me, Jacobs led the NFL in rushing last year. Barkley was fourth. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. He was by far and away the most important offensive weapon on a team that went to the playoffs. He was as good as you could be last year at the running back position, and he wasn't offered what he wanted. So my question is plain and simple. Let's just assume, all right, I I think, and we'll hear some sound from Jordan Renan later on in the show, his take on what transpired during this entire process right up until they were unable to come to an agreement before the deadline. But for Saquon Barkley, who did everything you could last year, and they were not willing to offer him what he wanted, my question would be this. What's going to be different next year? If you hold out, you miss training camp, which I think is likely, you come back a couple of weeks before week one, you join the team, you sign your franchise tag, you take those two weeks, you're going to be in shape the entire time, you take those two weeks to get into game shape, and you are ready to hit the ground running in week one. Because I think we can all agree that it's in everyone's best interest for Saquon Barkley to be Saquon Barkley and to be the featured running back week one against the Cowboys. That's what's best for Barkley, obviously, because he doesn't lose any money in that scenario. And that's what's best for the Giants, because why wouldn't they want their best player or their most important player to begin the season? So let's say Barkley goes out, stays healthy again, plays all 17 games, has you know another 1,300 or maybe even slightly better, a 1,400-yard season. 10 touchdowns, bunch of catches. He had 57 of them last year to tie for the team lead. If he does that again, what's going to be different other than the fact that next offseason he's going to be a year older? And that's the best-case scenario for Barkley next year because if he does that again, then they're going to most likely franchise tag him again. And then, yeah, I guess he would have gotten what he ultimately or or what he wanted here at the beginning, the $22.2 million, the total valuation of this year's franchise tag and next year's franchise tag. But that's a risk because he only gets that under the best case scenario. What if he gets hurt? What if he sprains an ankle? What if he misses four games? What if he suffers a worse injury than that and misses the bulk of the season? And then you get to the end of next season And it turns out he suffered another setback. He suffered another injury or he wasn't as productive. Then the Giants aren't even offering him the franchise tag. Then the offers are somewhere in the $5 million, $6 million a year range. Which could ultimately, in my mind, and I don't know the exact numbers that we're dealing with, but in my mind that could be less than what the Giants' offer was in the neighborhood of $19.5 million guarantee. But maybe this is Barkley that maybe this is Barkley betting on himself. He's obviously disappointed. Like I said, you know, for me, the two words or phrases that come to mind here are unfortunate. It is unfortunate uh, because you have a guy who did everything you asked. And while he was doing everything you asked, the finances and the economics of the NFL changed, and he is not worth what someone in his position would have been worth five or ten years ago. So it's unfortunate. And it's a bitter pill to swallow.
especially if you're Saquon Barkley. And it extends beyond that. It's a tough pill to swallow for Giants fans. It's got to be a tough pill to swallow for Saquon Barkley's teammates. It just puts a real, real sour taste in everyone's mouth. It starts what is supposed to be an exciting season for the Giants after what went on last year, the return to the playoffs, the playoff victory, the emergence of Daniel Jones, the emergence of young players on defense, and all of that hype and anticipation for year number two under this Brian Dayball Joe Shane regime. This is all we're talking about right now, and this is really all that's going to be on anyone's mind when the Giants report to training camp on July 25th, and it's all that's going to be on anyone's mind until Saquon Barkley returns to the Giants, and we are not guaranteed for that to happen. So, again, it's unfortunate that they weren't able to come to an agreement. All right, we'll have some reaction on this, like I said, from Jordan Renan and others throughout the NFL. Uh, your thoughts as well, 1-800-919-3776. Like I said, it's an off day for the Mets. The Yanks are in Anaheim, top of the third inning in a scoreless game. Yanks are threatening a little with two runners on and two runners out. We'll continue to follow along with the Yankees and the Angels as well. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. So, like I said, the options for Barkley are down to two. Play uh, under the franchise tag. I would pay him $10.1 million this year or don't play him. He can, he can sit out as long as he wants. Um, I believe, and I'm quoting Jordan Renan, who we'll hear from in a moment, who was on the Michael K show earlier today. I believe Barkley has until week 10 to sign his franchise tag. Otherwise, he doesn't get credit at all for a year of service this season, and he's basically back to square one. That that just that would not be in his best interest. Look, I and pretty much everyone else have been comparing the situation to the Le'Veon Bell situation because you always wondered, would a player really go through with sitting out an entire season and Le'Veon Bell did a few years ago he was a top five running back for sure perhaps better than that when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers he was in the exact same situation as Saquon Barkley as Josh Jacobs they didn't come to an agreement and he put his money where his mouth was and he sat out an entire season and those football fans here in New York know very well that Le'Veon Bell was never the same player after that you know, you always wondered, especially at that position where there's already such a short shelf life and being away from the game for an entire year. And look, I talked with Bart Scott about this last week and, you know, better to hear from him than me. But there's getting into shape. And if you watch Saquon in these football videos, he's in incredible shape. He's always going to be in incredible shape. But there's getting into shape and working out and doing what Barkley is doing during the offseason right now. And then there's getting into football shape. And those are two different things. Barkley knows his body if he holds out, which he probably will, and comes back, you know, the beginning of September or late August, get two good weeks of practice in before the September 10th opener. Will he be okay? Yeah, he probably will. But that's, again, that's if he decides to go that route. What if he decides to hold out even longer? Like I said, I can't imagine that he'll want to only because once he starts missing games, 
you know, $10 million over a 17-game season, that's about six hundred grand a game. You know, you miss game one, that's six hundred grand. You miss the first two weeks, we're 1.2 mil. You miss the first three weeks, 1.8 mil, and on and on and on. All right, so let's get some uh, thoughts from Jordan Renan, who is the Giants beat reporter and has been for several years for ESPN, New, uh, excuse me, for ESPN, the network. Uh, he was on ESPN New York earlier today on the Michael K Show. Uh, first things first, Jordan says that it was the guaranteed money that was the sticking point here. They already have a, a deal on the table, right? It's $10 million this year, gets tagged again 12.2 the following year. That's $22.2 million. He could basically insure himself for most of that money next year. God forbid something catastrophic happens this year. So unless it's really over that number, like $22 million is the floor to start where it guaranteed money that makes sense for him i had executive from another team tell me today like yeah he probably needs to get like 24 to 6 million dollars guaranteed for it to be a good deal and one that makes sense for him and if you're the giants they were not going there because like you said the market does not say that that's a good thing to do. so it's almost like the franchise tag kept him from being able to right. resign and sign but a deal with the Giants. well the franchise tag was very appealing for the giants and that's a very good point because if you think about it, $10.1 million for the most productive player on your team, you know, you see the contracts that have been handed out this offseason. You know, Daniel Jones has $82 million guaranteed. And Quinn Williams just got $66 million guaranteed. Both well, Quinn Williams is a terrific player. Daniel Jones had a very good season and has the potential to be an above-average quarterback. We're talking about Saquon Barkley, who's a great player. When he's healthy, which he was last year, he is a great player. And if you can get that for $10.1 million guaranteed. So, yeah, once that was there, that's why the that was one of several reasons why the Giants didn't want to have to go the franchise tag route with Daniel Jones because if they had to use it on Jones, and they would have if they had to, if they had to use it on Jones, then that would have put Barkley's situation in jeopardy because a couple of things would have happened there. I think Jones's franchise tag would have been for about $30 million. But the thing with the franchise tag is if you sign somebody to that and they play on it, that $30 million cannot be spread across the length of a contract. It hits your cap all at once, and that would have put Saquon's status as a giant in jeopardy as well. They wanted Jones to sign a long-term deal that was cap-friendly, and they succeeded at that. And then they really wanted to use that franchise tag that was available for Saquon Barkley. It just makes good business sense. So when can, according to Jordan Renan, when can we expect to see Saquon? See uh, around September. I talked to people close to him, and that's pretty much what it was portrayed to me as. The season starts September 10th. Right, so like a week or two before the season, at best, is the next time we're going to see Saquon Barkley. And he actually said this at his camp a few weeks ago. He was asked about sitting out the season, and well, I don't think he's going to do it. He said that would be part of the conversation if he does not sign a long-term deal. So now we're at the point where he didn't sign a long-term deal. That is now part of the conversation. At the time, he said he hadn't thought about it much. Now they're going to think about it. We saw the report last week. There's a possibility that he misses games or game time. So. That's that is the discussion now, and that they're going to huddle up, and they're going to decide, okay, what's our next move? How do we prove our point to the Giants of how much we're worth? As we get closer to the start of the actual regular season, when we get into the final days of August, the beginning of September, when we get within two weeks of the September 10th opener, 
um, against the uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. When we get within two weeks of that, if Barkley hasn't uh, if he hasn't reported to the Giants yet, then we'll we'll be able to know was it just posturing, or or was it more than that? But until then, yeah, I don't expect to see him in July. I don't expect to see him for the bulk of August. See you in September. Sounds pretty accurate to me. We'll get your reactions on this as well. 1-800-919-3776 as we continue here on ESPN New York tonight. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Pat O'Keefe with you. It is ESPN New York tonight. 1-800-919-3776 is the number as always. And let's open up the lines now and welcome in Buddha in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha. Knowledgeable, insightful, and the delivery is flawless. Buddha, thanks as always, man. Always good to hear from you. All right, listen. Let me ask you a question before I get into the Saquon Barkley stuff here. Uh, when you t- we bring up the uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, reference with Saquon Barkley. Uh, when Le'Veon Bell was on the Steelers, was he the best player or is he one of a triplets that you could find a best player each one of them? That's a good point. He uh, Barkley, if I think what you're saying is Barkley is more important uh, to the Giants than Bell was because there was more on that offense than just Le'Veon Bell. So I would agree with that. Yeah, and as much as we hate Antonio Brown and everything, he was equally or even better at his position than Le'Veon Bell was. You also had a Hall of Fame quarterback. And the quarterback, too. Exactly. Listen, both both of them, they were all three equals to me, personally. Different situation there with Barkley. Now, you know, obviously there's nothing accidental about Barkley saying that he won't be playing in that first game (laughs) against Dallas, (laughs) the divisional rival. (laughs) You know, he's pulling out all the stops. And, you know, Damian Woody said this early, earlier today. He said, all the players know who the ballers are in the locker room. And I think that's very true. So, you know, in turn, everybody associated with the Giants knows that Saquon Barkley is a better player than Daniel Jones has position. The, the situation that I see here, more than it mirrors the Le'Veon Bell situation, it more mirrors that situation with Phillip Rivers and LaDainian Thomas in, in um, San Diego. They wanted to turn the team over, you know, to Phillip Rivers. But the only difference between that and what's going on here with the Giants is that Phillip Rivers was a monumentally better player than Daniel Jones was. So it was more understandable that they wanted to do that. You know, the only leverage that Saquon has is that, you know, the Giants know that – and they're, you saw about the contract that they gave Daniel Jones. that They're not quite sure about him. So, you know, I can see where Saquon is looking at this like, look, this is probably going to be my last year with the Giants. If not – the next year they're going to franchise me again. You know, I, I can't begrudge him for doing what he's doing and saying what he wants to, you know, and, and, and really trying to, like, advocate for himself because this is probably the last chance that he's going to get, you know, to to um, to, to be, you know, a, a big-time running back. Yes. Only only thing I would say, though, Pat, with him is, and then, like I said this, I call, I forgot how I call, I think I called Larry a number four. But sometimes as a player, there's a small picture and there's a big picture. I would come and, and, and take this this franchise tag, ball out this year the best I can, and then try to get to a team that has, you know, a better chance of winning because the timeline that he has as a player, when he'll be a great player, is not similar to the timeline that the Giants have. And the contract that they gave Daniel Jones, listen, they're going to draft the quarterback next year, whether it's in the first round and they – 
finish like you know with a middle of the road schedule and draft at 15 or a first like second round pick they're not sold on Daniel Jones so you know in order for Saquon Barkley to preserve his career he needs to go to a team where they have a running back who runs between the tackles who's a bat and a ram and will allow him to accentuate the positives of his game which is running on the edges and catching the ball out of the backfield. Because this team here is going to run him into the ground if he stays here for more than one year. Don't you think so? It's a good point, but here's what I would say, Buddha. Um, if he goes to a team where he's splitting running back duties, then he's not going to get paid even as much as he's getting paid now. He's one of the few guys in the NFL – who, it's his show. You know what, 75, 85% of the carries? He got like 50% of the touches last season, if not more. You know, Derrick Henry obviously is is the first name that comes to mind in that situation. Uh, you know, even Christian McCaffrey, as good as he is in San Francisco, Debo Samuel takes a lot off of his plate in the running game. You know, with Barkley, he's not splitting carries. So despite the fact that he's not splitting carries, he's the only guy, they still don't want to pay him over $10.1 million. Buddha's right about one thing. The best scenario for Saquon Barkley is to ball out this year, which I would imagine is his plan. Ball out this year and try and get that big payday next year. But unfortunately, like I said at the beginning of the show, how is it going to be different next year? First of all, if he balls out this year, the Giants can put the franchise tag on him one more time. So we're going to be in the exact same situation, except next year the number will be $12.1 million instead of $10.1. So will that make it more palatable? Yes, two extra million dollars, I would think so. Um, ultimately, if he does do that, he would probably get in the neighborhood of what he wanted at the beginning of this year. Like we said, the reports say indicate that he wanted in the neighborhood of this year's franchise tag and the value of next year's franchise tag guaranteed up front basically he wanted next year's franchise tag up front guaranteed money so that if he does get hurt this year then he at least has a cushion and the giants weren't willing to guarantee him all of next year's franchise tag it sounds like they were willing to guarantee him like 75 percent of it right if the number $19.5 million is accurate, that means the Giants, you take the 10.1 that is already on the table for this year, you add nine, $9.5 million. That's essentially 75% of next year's franchise tag, and it, he could have signed that and you know, hedged his bet a little. If he balls out, he stays healthy, they slap the franchise tag on him, he'll end up with 22.2. But if something happened and he signed that contract extension at $19.5 million, then he would at least have that. But if he signed that contract extension for $19.5 million guaranteed and then balled out this year, he would have cost himself what? Two and a half, three million dollars $3 And I guess he didn't want to do that. It's unfortunate. Now, the Giants have, you know, Buddha brought up the, Philip Rivers, LaDainian Tomlinson situation, how the Chargers wanted to turn the offense over to Rivers. I don't remember the exact details of all that. I would say this. I don't think the Giants want to turn 
the offense over to Daniel Jones. I do think that they want him to, you know, have more of a hand in the offense. Daniel Jones was as good as he was last year because he had Saquon Barkley. End of story. Barkley masked a lot of deficiencies on that team. From Daniel Jones early in the season, although he did develop and get a lot better as the season went on. Barkley also masked deficiencies of the offensive line because he was so dynamic. He also masked great deficiencies in the receiving core. The Giants had a terrible receiving core last year. We've been through this. From Kenny Galladay, the bust that he was, to the injuries, to Sterling Shepard, to Wandale Robinson, all the way on down to the fact that they didn't really have a reliable pass-catching tight end. They had none of that last year, and yet the Kadarius Tony disaster, and yet they still found a way to make it into the playoffs at 10-6-1. Why? Because Saquon Barkley led the team in receptions with 57, tied for the team lead. He was their best pass catcher. He was their best rusher. He was their best playmaker. He was their leader. He was their best player. Now, I think ultimately Brian Dayball does not want to be overly reliant on Saquon Barkley. And I think you have seen the Giants make moves away from this for a couple of reasons. Number, number one, they're paying Jones this money. And yeah, I agree. They're not sold on him. That contract indicates that. But they're also... I think the jury's still out. I don't think the Giants are sitting there right now with the knowledge that Daniel Jones is not the guy. I think it's just as plausible that Daniel Jones has a similar leap in improvement this year as he did last year from the previous season. But the Giants want him to be able to continue that progress without being so heavily reliant on Saquon Barkley, especially now, and they knew this all along, especially because of the fact that he might not actually be there, which is why you draft another receiver. You hopefully get Wandell Robinson healthy. And most importantly, you bring in a big pass-catching tight end in Darren Waller. So I don't, I don't think the Giants want to turn the offense over to Jones. I think in the Giants' ideal scenario, it's, it's a similar offense to last year with Jones having more options in the passing game. They still want Barkley to be the focal point of their offense, and if, if he's there, he will be. They just wanted to pay him $10.1 million while he was. All right, we'll get some more of this and continue to follow along in Anaheim. That game is cruising along. That's what happens when uh, you are severely lacking in offense, as both of these teams are. We're on till midnight. That game might be over uh, before we're done, but we'll continue to keep an eye on the Yankees and Angels and obviously – uh, the story of the day, Saquon Barkley. Uh, the ball's in his court now. What will he do before the start of the NFL season? It's Pat O'Keefe in for Larry and Gordon on ESPN New York tonight.